Welcome back to another edition of the Main Event Heat Podcast. I am your host, Rob Weathers. And if you are an NXT fan, this past week was quite an eventful one as NXT announced that it was going to rebrand to NXT 2.0. They had a new graphic. They just had their first episode under this new rebrand. And you saw a combination of stars who have been established with NXT over the past few years and some brand new talent that maybe a lot of people isn't aware of just yet. And it got me thinking, you know, this isn't the first time that NXT did this. And in all honesty, what we saw this past week was NXT 3.0. Because I'm sure a lot of you remember back in the the late aughts, early 2010s, NXT was a game show. And FCW was the WWE's developmental territory. They would take some of the stars from FCW and they would put them on this NXT game show to compete for a spot on the main roster and then eventually i don't know exactly what went into it but they decided to rebrand fcw as nxt then they started filming their weekly shows from full cell university the show that basically became nxt as we know it now and i want to go back and watch what i consider the original rebranding of nxt the original nxt 2.0 if you will So for anybody that's listening right now, if you would like to watch along with me, load up your Peacock app. We're going to go to the WWE section on Peacock, and we're going to look for WWE NXT. You're going to go to Season 6, Episode 1. Seasons 1 through 5, it was a game show. Season 6 is, like I said earlier, the original NXT 2.0. And I figured, you know, this took place June 20th, 2012. What's that, nine years ago now? Let's go ahead and take a look, you know, what has changed in those last nine years. Was there any comparisons between this original reboot and to the reboot that we saw this past week? I don't know. I'm interested. I haven't gone back and watched this episode in quite a while, so we're all going to learn together. While you guys get your NXT pulled up on the Peacock app, let's go ahead and take a quick break. If you would like to support the show, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash RobWeathers where you can pick up one of several t-shirt designs including the brand new Main Event Heat Podcast shirt. That's ProWrestlingTees.com slash R-O-B-W-E-A-T-H-E-R-S. ProWrestlingTees.com slash RobWeathers. And we're back and we're getting ready to watch WWE NXT Season 6, Episode 1 from June 20th, 2012. If you don't have the app, that's perfectly fine. I'm going to be doing commentary throughout this episode. I'm also going to try something different. I'm going to be using my monitor speakers instead of a headset so you guys can actually hear some of the audio from the show uh, on this broadcast so we can actually maybe listen to the show together a little bit. That'd be neat. Let's try that out. All right. If you do want to watch along and you do have WWE NXT season six, episode one, June 20th, 2012 pulled up, I'm going to go ahead and press play in three, two, one play. Haven't seen this intro in quite a while. Was Hulk Hogan selling this one? I don't know. I don't see Hulk Hogan in this one. 
I know for a period there he was in like one of the intros. I, I can't remember when the whole Gawker thing happened, but Hulk Hogan was in one of the intros, and then they wound up taking him out. Okay, clearly it wasn't this one because there was just Hulk Hogan just then on the TV. <clears throat> so yeah, we're getting a little video package showing off some of the WWE superstars gearing up to talk about this next generation of talent. <clears throat> Who's that? Is that? That's not Eli Cottonwood's big ass, is it? Oh, there's Kane. I used to really like this old voiceover guy, but like listening to it now, it's really campy. NXT. Like, it's, it's pretty campy. But yeah, this is so. This is the first. I believe the first time that they tape at full sale. And something that I noticed from watching the, you know, the the newest episode of NXT 2.0 that they just aired is they made, I believe they're still in the Capitol Wrestling Center. I wasn't, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I didn't watch the show directly. My wife was watching on her phone and I would kind of glance over every once in a while. But it looked more like a, like a studio than a wrestling arena. And that's what these early days of NXT look like. It was, it would look more like you were in a, closed studio than you were an actual wrestling arena. Now, this was probably the best thing about NXT in 2012 was this theme song, Welcome Home by Coheed and Camry. This is this is a great way to start a show right here. Saw a lot of familiar faces on that open. Sounds like we got William Regal on commentary. God, I haven't watched this in so long. This is going to be new to me. Good old JR coming out to start the show. That's how you get your new show popping off, right? God, who is that doing the ring announcing? I can't even remember who the ring announcer was back then. You could tell that person's in developmental too, though. JR just giving a little bit of a rundown on what to expect. Speaking of unpredictable, let me welcome the interim NXT general manager and a fellow member of the 2007 Hall of Fame class, the one and only American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. The American Dream, the daddy. I forgot about this. I forgot that I think Dusty was involved as the GM... Shit, was it like a year there in the beginning? <clears throat> I don't know if it went straight from Dusty to William Regal or if there was a buffer there or not. I can't quite remember, but... Yeah, Dusty was very, very involved with a lot of that talent and developmental around this time. <laughs> There's something about watching a Dusty Rhodes promo. Something real about it, you know. <laughs> God, I love Dusty so much, man. I miss that guy. I wish I could have met him. 
All right, Bo Dallas. We're going to talk about Bo Dallas. So this is something like I wanted to talk about. You know, if you watch this new NXT 2.0 that just aired, there was a lot of people that have been in NXT for a hot minute, guys like Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, uh, L.A. Knight, Eli Drake. He's been there for, I guess, close to a year now, I think. A good bit of people who, who who is established in that brand is what I'm saying. But then you had these new guys, like you had uh, Rick Steiner's kid. I can't remember what they named him. I saw it. I think I saw the name this morning. Gave him some stupid fucking. I think his last name's Breaker or some shit like that, or Wreckham, Wreckit Ralph or some shit. I don't know. There's one thing that I really don't like about WWE's developmental is is the goofy fucking names that they come up with. But I saw him and I saw I saw another guy. I think a, an Italian guy cut a promo out on the streets. Can't I can't quite remember his name, but and I think they had another new guy in the main event, but. But that, that's what the whole reason I brought that up is because that's a lot like what happened here in this first reboot of NXT was you had a lot of guys, like he said, Tyson Kidd. You had guys like Tyson Kidd and guys like, uh, let's see, who else? Jinder Mahal, uh, Trent Beretta. A lot of guys who had been on the main roster for a little bit at this point were all coming down to NXT and doing work. Let's see, this first match, oh, wow. Rick Victor. Damn, I forgot he was in the first match. Wow. Rick Victor, look at him, man. Going against Bo Dallas, the poor guy. I don't know. I've I'm Bo Bo could wrestle. Bo could wrestle, you know. I uh I my friends know I'm not a huge Bo Dallas fan. Uh I I never quite understood why so many people did like him. I thought that his his run here in NXT really wasn't that good. Like, I felt like he was definitely forced down people's throats, and I think I remember people not being very fond of him, but I don't have a lot of friends that do like him, but Rick Victor, I uh, I have had the pleasure of working with, with Rick Victor, uh, Space Lord Vic, as he is known by now, him and his partner, Big Con, Connor, formerly of the Ascension, now of the Awakening. Worked with those guys recently at Championship Wrestling from Atlanta. One of the first shows that I did for Larry Otto, they were there as a special guest. Really nice guys. I like those guys. I have a lot of good things to say about them. I like those tights that Victor's got. That's snazzy. I like that. It's a it's a total far cry from the kind of shit that he would wind up wearing like a year after this. But yeah, like so. So just look at how the how the stands, how the bleachers are set up right there. This doesn't look like a wrestling arena. This looks like a closed studio sound space or soundstage. That's what this looks like. It looks like you're watching a game show on on TNT. Like that's what this is. I remember going to. I was in the crowd for the Hot Ones game show that they filmed at TNT Studios, and like this is a lot like how it looked. It didn't look like. A wrestling arena. It looked like a soundstage. And that's how NXT looks right now. I think not too awful long after this, they changed it to look a little closer to what we had come to love over the last 10 years. I don't have an exact timeline in my head. I'd have to, I kind of want to go back and watch a lot of these. I remember re-watching this, or watching it for the first time. I actually watched this for the first time just a few years ago. Because I didn't find out about this version of NXT until I want to say 2014, 2015. Because 
like I said before, it was a game show. And whenever it got brought to my attention, somebody was like, hey, man, you should watch NXT. I was like, the fucking game show? And he's like, no, it's not that anymore. It hasn't been that for like two years. Tossing Rick Victor into the center of the mat right there. Irish whips him into the ropes. Rick comes. Oh, big old power slam on Bo Dallas. That's pretty solid. That's a good way to get the crowd started off right on the right foot. What's he going for here? Big spear. Was that the finish back then? The spear? Looks like it was. That's one of my least favorite finishes in the world, the spear. It's just because, like, you hit a wrestler. Most times, a wrestler will hit you with so many moves throughout the match that I think hurt a lot worse than a spear does. But, yet, that's the one that they finish it off with. My least favorite thing, though, like, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the spear as a finish, but let me tell you my least favorite thing. There are so many wrestlers out there, and it's ridiculous how many of them there are. And I've, I've seen plenty. I'm not going to be giving away any names. I saw a guy just uh, less than a month ago that I know does this. But, oh, my God, Ryan Namath is the fucking is the interviewer. Oh, man, I forgot about that. But anyway, what, what I was saying, I hate whenever guys do the Goldberg combo and they spear Jackhammer and that's their finish. Like, could you be any less original? Like, come up with your own shit. Jesus, man. Do a spear or a jackhammer. Don't do them both. We know exactly where you got that from. Look at Ryan Namath. He doesn't look any different. That's nine years ago. He doesn't look any different than he does right now. You will know Bo. Is that better than Bo Leave? Probably not, but is Dolph Ziggler there yet? He's got to be there at this point. Dolph Ziggler's got to be on the main ro roster. Here's Seth Rollins. Ooh, I like those boots or kick pads he's got on. Hasn't been in FCW too awful long, I don't think, Is uh, has Seth Rollins. I think at this point, I think most of his fans recognize him as Tyler Black in Ring of Honor. I believe he was a Ring of Honor world champion. I wasn't watching Ring of Honor in the uh, mid to late aughts, and I really feel like I need to go back and watch this stuff. I didn't get into Ring of Honor until I'd say probably 2016 or so. And and they still, I, I, I will tell you right now that that's one of my favorite companies, and if if uh, the pro wrestling fairy came up to me tomorrow and said, Rob, you can go work for any pro wrestling company in the world that you want to, what do you choose? I'd probably choose Ring of Honor just because I like the wrestling on that show. But uh, from what I understand, that mid to late aughts, they had some really, really great matches. I don't want to go back and watch that stuff. Tyson Kidd, Michael McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy was on the... I say here's Damian Sandow. McGillicuddy was on the game show of NXT. I believe he was season two with Husky Harris and a few other familiar names. But but yeah, he's definitely the developmental guy going against Tyson Kidd, who Kidd had been on. Jesus, God, just banger after banger, back to back. Antonio Cesaro. I guess, yeah, he, he had recently debuted on the main roster at this point, hadn't he? He's got Oksana with him. Oh, man, I forgot about Oksana. Wasn't she banging around with Teddy Long or something on SmackDown, I want to say? God, Cesaro looks no different. Absolutely no different. The t Father Time has been very kind to him. God, that's a 
jacked dude. Damian Sandow coming out to the ring. Now works in NWA as Aaron Stevens. Walked past him in the hallway one time at the uh, NWA tapings for Into the Fire a couple of years ago. I haven't had the pleasure to actually work with him or even so much as have a conversation with him, but he seems like an alright guy. I wasn't crazy about the whole intellectual gimmick. I definitely, like, I thought the Miz Dow stuff that he did with the Miz, I thought it was funny at first, and I was kind of into it at first. Oh boy, Jason Jordan, look at that. Look at the hair on Jason Jordan. God, I didn't realize how long he was in developmental, fuck. I think he's producing for NXT now, I want to say. But anyway, like, I wasn't super big on the Mizdow thing. At first, I thought it was funny, and I definitely thought it was it was, it was was neat and niche. But uh, it got to a point where I, I was over it pretty quickly. Watching him take bumps on the apron got pretty old for me pretty quick. But once again, seemingly not for everybody else. He could cut a promo, though. I, I, I maybe have never, I've never, I don't think he's ever had a gimmick that I've liked. I haven't cared for his NXT or his NXT stuff, his WWE stuff. I wasn't really even a big fan of his stuff in NWA. The, the what was that fucking uh, Mongrovian black belt? He was it was in that stable with question mark, rest in peace question mark. But like even then, like I wasn't really crazy about that gimmick either. I don't know. Aaron Stevens, one of those guys that I'm. He he's definitely he can wrestle. He can definitely wrestle, and there's a lot to like about him, but as far as his gimmicks goes, I've never been a fan. He's a good heel, though. I mean, he's really good at getting people to boo him. Just, I mean, honestly, acting like you're better than everybody is the easiest way to do it. <laughs> Was he not going to wrestle? Going to go ahead and do a little time check right now. We're sitting at 14 minutes and 38 seconds right now. If any of you guys want to check your notes, compare times with me. Speed up, slow down, whatever you got to do. What is this? This looks like uh, Paul White's new Titan Tron right here. What is this? Been a long, long road and I'm just getting started. Is that one of my hair? <laughs> I guess not. Who is... Oh, this is the Ascension. The original Ascension. Bram and Connor O'Brien. I can't remember what Bram's name was. Cameron or something? Those blue contacts, jeez. Look at Connor. This original version of the Ascension was kind of goofy, but uh, once what was his name? Kenneth Cameron at this time. I know Bram is or Tom Thomas Latimer. Once Latimer left and Victor joined, I, they really picked up steam, became the longest reigning NXT Tag Champions, and so on. But yeah, th this early this early version was a little goofy. Oh, they're gonna wrestle up next. That's what's up. I remember this entrance being kind of long and ridiculous. Very. 
very foggy. The raw rebound. Oh, my God, dude. You couldn't get away from this back then. This was at the time where if you're watching SmackDown, you're basically just watching a raw recap because it was just a raw rebound over and over again. Oh, I don't miss John Laronitis on TV. Really don't miss him on TV. I didn't miss him backstage either, but... <clears throat> If any of you guys that, like we talked about NXT 2.0 earlier, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard that they plan on going after prospects that are not necessarily of the wrestling business, but just athletic types, maybe from other sports. That's very much a Johnny Ace thing. That is, that's a thing that he's, he's kind of been known for his entire tenure in the WWE. And, you know, I don't think it's ever really worked. Like, I guess you could say Baron Corbin at work because he was a football player, but... I don't know. How many times has it actually worked? How many times have they actually like pulled somebody who was just athletic and wasn't actually a wrestler and they made them their own wrestler and it actually worked? John Cena, but like, was Cena, was that Laurinaitis' era? I don't think so, no. Cena came up with o- OVW, so I guess that was Cornette's era, wasn't it? Was, was Cornette the guy that signed all those guys? Or Jim Ross? Who is who has Laurinaitis signed that wasn't an already established wrestler that actually wound up doing big things? I don't know. Any of you guys that do know, email me at maineventheat.com. Maineventheat at yahoo.com. <laughs> Forgetting my own email address here. Are they going to show this whole ass match? What the fuck? David Otunga is another guy. Like, I. Great look. I think it was a decent wrestler. I don't remember him being bad. He looks like he's doing an alright job here in this match, but like, a charisma vacuum, though. Like, this dude cannot talk to save his life, and that's a big pet peeve of mine. Like, you don't have to be the best promo in the game, but like, just have like some charisma, right? Fucking Otunga's got none. (laughs) He bails on Johnny Ace. That's funny. Cena was in these goofy fucking stories back then, wasn't he? I don't remember giving a flying fuck about any of this. I'm pretty sure I was watching. This is 2012. Yeah, I was definitely watching at this time. I was watching Raw, at least. Teddy Long, my boy. Met Teddy Long just a couple of months ago. Back in the end of June. First leg of the Lariato Pro Sizzling Summer Tour. I like Teddy Long a lot. He's a really nice guy. If you ever get a chance, you ever see him at a convention or anything like that, God, just sitting there and just talking with Teddy and just, just listening to him tell some stories. God, I could I could sit there and hang out with Teddy all day. I really could. Now we're back to NXT. I guess we're going to get the Ascension's entrance right now. Yeah, like I said, I've worked with the Awakening, Victor and Connor, a couple of times. I actually picked Connor up from the airport for uh, this most recent taping of Championship Wrestling from Atlanta. Me and him had a nice ride together. He's a very, uh, he's a very nice guy. He's a, he's a very, very nice guy. Loves his family. Gave me some advice. You know, I, I talked to him a little bit about me and my wife trying to start our own family right now. And he gave me some really, really great advice that I'm never, ever going to forget. Super sweet guy. Can still talk. He cut a him and him and Victor cut a promo at uh, at the tapings. Can still talk. 
can still work. Had a very, very, very good match. <clears throat> I had a great time calling their match at Lariato. It was them and Laser versus Bryce Cannon, Francisco Chiasso, and George North. It was it was a very entertaining match. Those guys can still go. So I guess it's just I guess we've just got Jim Ross and William Regal on commentary. That sounds like that sounds like it could either be the absolute worst commentary team in the world or the absolute best commentary team in the world, depending on how many drinks they had. Who we got? Oh, we got Juice Robinson, CJ Parker, Mike Dalton, Juice Robinson, and Tyler Breeze. Wow. Juice Robinson now of New Japan Pro Wrestling fame. Mike Dalton, Tyler Breeze. Recently got let go from uh, WWE this year. I don't know what's next for him, but I hope it is whatever he wants it to be because he is a very talented guy. That Tyler Breeze character, whenever I started, whenever I actually started watching NXT was whenever the Tyler Breeze character became a thing. I think it was one of his first matches, and I loved it. I, I wasn't familiar with Mike Dalton before that, but yeah, the first time I saw Tyler Breeze and he came out with the, the fur coat and filming himself on the phone... I, and they, they had they had his uh, his phone camera blown up on the Titantron. I just thought that was great. I thought that was money. <clears throat> Those big back to back elbow drops to the chest of Juice Robinson, C.J. Parker. I don't know what I hate more, the fro or the dreads. I knew he had those dreads for a while. I think he's finally cut them, but I hated the dreads so much. I don't know if I hate that or the fro more. Ooh, big old flapjack by Connor O'Brien. I like uh, I like the the finish that Connor and Victor came up with the fall of man that high low. I really really like that. I still use that finisher to this day. Like Connor, I think you forgot where the hard cam was. <laughs> There's a little bit of awkwardness I'm seeing here, like with Connor's timing. Latimer seems a little bit more, a little bit more comfortable in this position than Connor does, but still, I mean, for the minute or so that we saw him wrestle, they still look good. This is a good way to build this team, you know. I mean, I think people forget because of that that main roster run that the NXT had, and that excuse me, the main roster run that the Ascension had. It wasn't very good, but you know, in NXT they were they were over like Rover, man. For a reason. God, look at how slender Connor looks there. He's definitely bulked up over the years. He still looks great, but he's he's big. I think he told me recently he's uh two eighty, something like that. Big dude. Looks like he's probably a slender two sixty, two seventy there. What do we got here? Is this is this Wyatt family? Yes, it is. Oh, I didn't know Wyatt family went as far back as this this original episode. Yeah, I I wasn't hip to the Wyatt family until way after they had debuted on the main roster. Because I think around the time they debuted on the main roster, I was kind of starting to fade out of, of WWE again.
monsters are real. Yeah, that guy can talk. I hope that whatever he does next, you know, because at this time, he, oh, he got fired from WWE, what, a month and a half, two months ago? Not very long ago. Don't know what he's going to do next, but I hope whatever it is, you know, I, I hope it's closer to this than The Fiend stuff. The Fiend stuff's a little too cartoon for me. You know, I'm not really crazy about, like, the mythical creatures in wrestling and shit like that. Like, just let's just wrestle. But, uh, let's see. Since its release, the WrestleMania 28 DVD has been the number one selling sports DVD in the U.S., instantly surpassing this year's Super Bowl DVD. People buy the Super Bowl on DVD? That's news to me. Derek Bateman. Oh, EC3. Whenever he re-signed with WWE a few years ago, that blew my mind that he did that. Oh, Johnny Curtis, Fandango, Deputy Dango. This is awkward. What is this? God, this is so awkward. Like, like these, like these guys are so close to having a good promo right here. They're so close to it. Their cadence is good. They have charisma, clearly, but just what they're saying is so fucking weird. God, he's so much taller than, than Derek Bateman. I wonder how tall that guy is. God, why is this still going on? This is the weirdest pissing contest I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> God, this is so goofy. I'm gonna wash his hands on his shirt. Okay, that's good. That's a good way to get heat. I will say that uh, I feel like over the years, NXT has gotten better about uh, about pre-tape promos and things of that nature. I remember that not being their strong suit in, in these early days. I think it's a lot better now. Like, I think there's more guys that can talk than there are that can't. And like I said, like, that was, that was really awkward because, like, both of those guys, like I said, they were close to having a good interaction. They were close to it because they have a good cadence. They, they have good voices. It was, just, it was just what they were saying was fucking stupid, and it was really awkward, but... Michael McGillicuddy, also known as Curtis Axel. Did he he got let go too, didn't he? I want to say he got let go from the WWE. I'm not sure. He was there for a long time. Just him and Bo Dallas completely under the radar for a long time. Who is is that Alicia Fox as the ring announcer? I can't tell. I saw her for like a split second. No, I don't think it is, is it? Who the fuck is the ring announcer? <laughs> Whoever it is, she's not doing a fantastic job, but 
I mean, it's developmental, you know. At this point in time, these are kids that were still very much learning, you know. Tyson Kidd. Been on the main roster for a little while at this time. I want to say probably a few years. I don't think he is still in his tag team with David Hart Smith at this point in time. I'm pretty sure he's not. Hmm. I don't know. I know that after this, him and Cesaro, I don't think it was going on at this point, but I know at, I think probably a year or so after this, him and Cesaro had their tag team and that was a good team. Both two super, super athletic guys. I thought that was a good pairing. Breathed a little bit of life into Tyson Kidd's career. You know, he, for whatever reason, he never got a very big push on the show. And I don't know if it comes down to size or what, but I mean, he's a very, very capable wrestler. I think he's got a good look. I remember him being okay at talking. I can't like, you know, none of his promos really come to mind, but I think he was all right at it. I can't remember, but do a little commentary here. We got a, Headlocked by Tyson Kidd onto Curtis Axel or Michael McGillicuddy. I'm sorry. We're at 29 minutes and 37 seconds right now if you'd like to check your time codes. A little bit of chain wrestling from the two here. Tyson Kidd grabbing the ropes, but McGillicuddy pulls him back to the center of the ring. Tyson Kidd looking to shoot him off. McGillicuddy with a big shoulder tackle on Tyson Kidd. Tyson looking to roll into the corner and collect his thoughts for a moment. These two looking to re-engage in the center of the ring now. Referee calling for some action. Tyson Kidd taking his dear sweet time. Looks like he's nursing that left hand. Looking for another tie-up. No. Tyson Kidd takes the headlock. Both men back to their feet now. McGillicuddy once again looking to shoot Tyson Kidd into the ropes. Maybe look for another shoulder tackle. No, a clothesline, but he misses it. Floats over, goes Tyson Kidd. Oh, Tyson Kidd with a big kick to the side of McGillicuddy, but he catches it the second time. Tyson Kidd got that leg caught, looking for a submission attempt here on the ground, it looks like. McGillicuddy makes his way to the ropes. Referee breaks it up, though. Tyson Kidd frustratingly throwing that leg of Michael McGillicuddy, easy for me to say, back onto the mat. Referee starts his, ten, his 10 count as McGillicuddy paces on the outside of the ring. The crowd here at Full Sail University chanting for Tyson Kidd, showing where their allegiances lie as Michael McGillicuddy makes his way back into the ring. Both men looking to square off once again in this match. Maybe looking for a test of strength here. <clears throat> Both men lock up. Testing that strength. Looks like McGillicuddy's got the advantage early. Looking to pin Tyson Kidd's shoulders to the mat, but Kidd plants his head into the mat. McGillicuddy's still pushing, trying to get Tyson Kidd's shoulders to the mat so that the referee can start that three count. But Tyson Kidd forcing his way back up, showing off his strength. 
runs over the top rope, springboard attack, throws Michael McGillicuddy over him, a big arm drag there. Now Tyson Kidd's got a good hold of that arm. This might not make Michael McGillicuddy tap out, but it is definitely enough to wear him down and to get him thinking. McGillicuddy's back up to his feet now. Forces Tyson Kidd into the ropes. The referees ask him to break it up. Big knee into the midsection. Another right hand to the face of Tyson Kidd in the corner. Referee warning McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy looking to throw some dirty shots there in the corner. He's got him poke up looking for a suplex. There it is. Big snap suplex by Michael McGillicuddy. We've got a cover. Just a one count, though. McGillicuddy hasn't gotten very much offense off in this match. He's going to need to do a lot more than that if he's going to want to put away Tyson Kidd here. Might be looking for another suplex here, it looks like. Oh, big clubbing forearm to the back of Tyson Kidd. McGillicuddy shooting Tyson Kidd in the ropes. Oh, Tyson Kidd kicking Michael McGillicuddy right in the face and clotheslines him over the top rope. McGillicuddy landing on that entrance ramp. Tyson Kidd's thinking about something here. I think he might be looking to fly. And there he goes through the middle and top ropes, diving onto a pro Michael McGillicuddy. The crowd here at Full Cell University going wild. And commercial break. I think we'll call the we'll call the commentary there. They're not giving me a whole hell of a lot to work with here. This is a pretty good way to close off this first episode of, of, of NXT, though. It's a pretty solid main event. You've got two guys. you got Michael McGillicuddy, who I think proved on that game show version of NXT that he's, 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 he's got what it takes. He's got a solid foundation. Obviously comes from a, a very rich bloodline of professional wrestlers with uh, Larry the Axe Hennig as his grandfather and Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig as his father. Excuse me. Um... Tyson Kidd, already established on the WWE main roster at this point. Very, very accomplished wrestler himself. Trained at the legendary Heart Dungeon, I believe was the, the last graduate of the Heart Dungeon, I'm pretty sure. That was a cool neck breaker through the ropes. But, uh, you know, this is very much, like we talked about earlier, this is a lot of that bringing in those established stars from WWE to try to elevate these guys that, that they're perceiving to be the future. We saw the same thing on NXT 2.0 this week where in the main event you were supposed to have a four-way match between LA Knight, Kyle O'Reilly, Tommaso Ciampa, and shit. Who was the fourth? I can't even remember. Let me look it up real quick. NXT 2.0 results. I feel like a, I feel like an asshole for not knowing this off the top of my head. What was the main event? Uh, t -t -t Kyle O'Reilly, LA Knight, Pete Dunne, and Tommaso Ciampa. But O'Reilly winds up. What does he get hurt? Let's see. So we had, let's see, first match, Braun Breaker defeats L.A. Knight. That's a stupid fucking name, Braun Breaker. Rick Steiner's kid defeats L.A. Knight, which is also a stupid name. Imperium defeats 
Brooks, Jensen, and Josh Briggs. I remember Josh Briggs, I believe, was in ROH for a spell. And Brooks Jensen, I'm pretty sure, is Ben Buchanan, who I saw here on the Indies in Georgia recently. B-Fab defeats Katrina Cortez. So a lot of new people who weren't on NXT a few weeks ago. Carmelo Hayes appears. I don't know who that is. Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane defeat Saray, Casey Cantanzaro, and Caden Carter. Ridge Holland defeats Drake Maverick. I think Ridge Holland's been there for a little bit at this point. So those are those are two of your established guys right there. The Creed Brothers defeat local competitors. I, I didn't see anything. This. I, don't, I don't know who any of these guys are. Uh, pass that. And then you got Tommaso Ciampa, LA Knight, Pete Dunn, and Kyle O'Reilly. Like I said earlier, Kyle O'Reilly, I guess, got beat up earlier in the show. They replaced him with a new guy named Von Wagner. That's very reminiscent of what you're seeing right here. You've got the established guy in Tyson Kidd going against Michael McGillicuddy, who, you know, really people had only seen on the game show of NXT outside of FCW, but he is the new blood. He is the guy that they're maybe potentially looking, this is the kind of guy that they want to put NXT on the back of. And you see that on NXT 2.0 that just aired with Champa, LA Knight, and Pete Dunne being the the uh, the veterans, being the guys who, who are the established talent, and then this new Von Wagner kid. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at uh, pictures of the arena right here, and it definitely, it's a similar vibe to this. Like, it doesn't look like a wrestling arena. It looks like a closed soundstage that you would host something like a game show on. That's exactly what this looks like. And that that's really, like, I think the aesthetic is is one of the reasons why, whenever I first saw it, I said, you know what, I want to do a, a watch-along for that first, what I consider, NXT 2.0 episode, because, like, I see a lot of similarities here. And I hope you guys are seeing them, too. I hope I'm not just talking out of my ass. And then Andy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis got married, I guess, which I couldn't give a fuck for. I, I don't know. I've heard a lot of people talk about how it was a it was a great wet wrestling wedding. I'm just not super into the wrestling weddings myself. Not really a big fan of anybody involved in that angle. I guess Gargano is involved in it. I like I like Gargano and Candice LeRae, but back to the match. Tyson Kidd working over the leg of Michael McGillicuddy. Timestamp, we're at 38 minutes and 48 seconds right now. Just a few more minutes left in this broadcast. Tyson Kidd taking it to Michael McGillicuddy. Big drop kick to the side of the head, going for a cover. But just a two count. McGillicuddy kicking out just in time. Tyson Kidd can't believe it. Couldn't have said it better myself, JR. <laughs> Yeah, like, like I was saying earlier, this is a good way to get the crowd hot. I bet they probably filmed three or four episodes this evening that they, uh, that they filmed this. This is the end of episode one. This is, this is a good way to... This is a good transition to, to close off the first part of the tapings. Oh, that was a high dropkick by Michael McGillicuddy there. You know, I, I've talked before, there's a lot of promotions still to this day that do the the big, you know, a month's worth of tapings all in a weekend or all in a day. And while I think that it's great for the wrestlers, you know, I, I have 
a lot of friends that work with Impact. Obviously have friends that work Championship Wrestling from Atlanta. Championship Wrestling from Atlanta did a month's worth of TV in one night. Impact will film, you know, a month's worth of TV in a weekend. I'll, I'll actually be... I'm recording this episode on Thursday this week because... Or is today's Thursday? No, today's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. I'm recording the episode a little early this week because I'm actually going to be in Nashville this weekend for Impact. Um... Maybe I can record something while I'm there for the podcast. I don't know. Oh, big flipping moonsault from Tyson Kidd. Can't believe that wasn't it. But but yeah, I'll be I'll be in Nashville for Impact this weekend. My buddy Zicky Dice signed with the company not too long ago. I mostly wanted to go and support him. Go see my boss, Doc Gallows. Haven't seen him in a while. But yeah, like like I was saying though, I, I understand why from a logistical standpoint, you know, why you would do this big filming multiple nights of TV in a weekend or in a night. Logistically, I totally understand it. And I, and I'm down with it. Like I, I think that it's, it's great for the wrestlers. You know, they don't, they're not having to beat themselves up three, four days a week. They have time to go work indie promotions and so on. I think it's great for them. But from a fan's perspective, there's just something so much better about it being live. I think I've talked about that on the podcast before, maybe in the pilot episode. But there's just something special about a live broadcast that you just you just can't capture it whenever you do one of these big multi-episode tapings like this. I imagine it's also a bitch to to book TV like this if you've got to think a month ahead. I should ask Zicky about that. Zicky's the producer over at Championship Wrestling from Atlanta. I'm sure he's got a lot to say on that topic. Looking to set up that perfect plex, but Tyson Kidd rolls him up into a inside cradle position. Just a two count. Another roll up. Nope, going for that sharpshooter now. Oh, the dungeon lock. My bad. Looks like he's tapping out. Michael McGillicuddy taps out. Tyson Kidd wins, but he's not wanting to break the hold. A little bit of a dick move there, Tyson. That was a good, solid match. You know, this was a this was a decent episode. This is a decent way to start off this first rebranding of NXT. Like I said, I didn't watch the most recent. 2.0 NXT episode very closely. My wife was watching the broadcast, but I did, you know, poke my head over and look at her phone a few times just to see what was going on. But I heard a lot of people say say decent things about it. You know, a lot of them kind of said what I just said. You know, this was a decent match. This is a good way to get it started. Nothing, nothing too crazy, but also nothing shitty. You know, and, and that's kind of how I feel about this. This was a good way to get this started. Dusty Road came out early and got the crowd hot. You just had like what three matches couple of squashes earlier in the night. Get over some of the talent that you're wanting to establish. You had an awkward-ass fucking promo in the bathroom with Derek Bateman and Johnny Curtis. But outside of that, it's a decent show. And just like that, that's going to do it. All right. The first ever episode of the original NXT 2.0. Season 6, episode 1, June 20th, 2012. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that too. I hope that some of you were able to watch along with me. If not, I hope that you enjoyed hearing me do commentary over the show. And I hope you, uh, I don't know, I hope you guys got something out of that. 
But you know what? That's 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 going to do it for this week. Nice, long, meaty episode to get you guys through the next week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Main Event Heat. If you would like to to leave feedback or ask a question or contribute to the show in any way, you can do so by sending an email to maineventheat at yahoo.com. If you would like to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you can at Sweet Sexy Rob on both platforms. If you would like to support the show monetarily, please go over to prowrestlingtees.com slash Rob Weathers. And until next time, thanks for hanging out. <clears> Thank <throat>